Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Kicking in Kenya. And in this week's episode, we're going to look at business ideas and opportunities that you can look at in Africa. We're going to focus on one small businesses that people can look at, such as corner stores, what we call you know, grocery stores, but also we're going to look at real estate. We're going to look at large opportunities in the IT sector, but with the general discussion that everyone can kind of find your way and identify, or at least provide a path for you identifying what do you want to do as far as entrepreneurship when coming into Africa. So also, if you have any questions, feel free to send me an email at jbradleykenya at gmail.com. That's J for Jamal, B-R-A-D-L-E-Y, Kenya at gmail.com. So hope you look forward to this episode and feel free to send me any messages or emails and let me know what you think. And let's see if we can help some people make the transition. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Kicking It in Kenya. And I'm going to start today's episode off with a short story. You know, uh, a few weeks ago, I was in Dubai International Airport, really one of the, the best airports in the world, really modern, up-to-date, has everything. You see people from all over the world. So if you're someone who likes to people watch, Dubai International Airport is a great place for that. So I'm actually in the, I was in the connections area where you get your ticket to go from, or you get your, your boarding pass to go from one, one plane to another. And, you know, while I'm at the, the boarding desk, or sorry, while I'm at the connections area, you know, they have about 14 different counters for airlines from all over the world. So as I'm standing there, you know, waiting to get my, my boarding pass for the next flight, at the desk next to me, there was this guy, and I believe he was from Argentina. So he's there. And he's talking, trying to talk to the, the people at the desk. They don't speak any Spanish and he doesn't speak any English, nor does he speak Arabic. So they're trying to communicate with each other. And this guy is clearly frustrated because I guess it was it was it seemed to be a situation in which the previous flight allowed him to send his uh, luggage ahead. You know, there's a way in which if you're if you don't want to pay for uh, excess baggage, then you can send it ahead. And there's something that airlines do to reclaim it. So whatever the case was, one airline allowed him to do it. Whatever airline that he was uh, in transit to the next location was not allowing him. So he's trying to explain his situation to the people at the desk. They're trying to explain to him that, you know, this is not possible. Whatever the case, it was clearly frustrating for this guy because they didn't speak Spanish and he did not speak English or Arabic. And as I'm standing there looking at this, I'm thinking to myself, you know, wow, this is actually a, a great uh, opportunity. If you speak Spanish and, you know, in this type of situation, you have a, a good opportunity for employment. But then I thought to myself, you know what, from a business perspective, if someone were to create a user friendly application or some kind of program in which if they could translate this type of conversation right there, it would be great. And Dubai International Airport is world-class. Now, granted, maybe the person who out of these, uh, 
out of these desks who speak Spanish. Maybe they weren't there. And I'm pretty sure there are some apps on the phone, whether it's a Samsung iPhone or any other kind of uh, program that could translate, you know, but obviously it's not user friendly enough in which, you know, these people in one of the largest and busiest airports in the world aren't using it. Then it shows that an improved technology would go great. And those small things, those opportunities that you see of coming as basically being on the outside looking in. Because when you travel, you can see different opportunities based on need. And sitting there looking at this guy clearly frustrated because he got to a point in which, you know, he was really frustrated. And, you know, he's he's standing there. He wants to argue, but he can't speak. You know, what's the point of arguing? He doesn't speak the language. And, you know, it really shows that if someone has a technology, you could sell this technology to different international airports around the world. One that's user friendly one in which any general uh, person behind the desk, you know, they can set it up there, they can use it on their phone, or even do, whether it's Dubai International Airport, London, Tokyo, anywhere where there's a, a lot of uh, international people who speak different languages, they're there and, you know, you can use that technology. So it's an opportunity. It's an opportunity that I saw recently and one in which I hope someone out there decides to capitalize on whether you do it in Africa, which is also becoming a hub for international travelers, or whether you do it in Detroit or Chicago or wherever else. Now, going back to the focus of the discussion, business opportunities in Africa, and really we're going to start off with small businesses that anyone can start up with, let's say, even up to $5,000, $10,000. Now, as I mentioned last week, one option that it's a pretty interesting option for people who maybe you don't want anything very sophisticated, but you want to have something that's going to help pay off the bills, allow you to live a comfortable life and, you know, be able to be sustainable in, in your new country, wherever you decide to move in Africa. And one of the options I looked at from discussion with people is a corner store, a small corner store that sells basic items to the local people in the whether neighborhood or even a small town, village, things like that. Now, if you look at the idea of a corner store, what they offer is they provide how you can say a service, but they also provide the local people with products and let's say probably whether it's food, groceries, other things that the people would not, they don't want to travel far to get. So if you're coming in as an American or a Westerner, wherever you're coming from, and you decide to move into this new location and you see that, you know, I have to drive or I have to find a way to get 10, 15 minutes away just to get a loaf of bread. Or if I want to get milk, I have to go all the way to the large grocery store in, a, in another place. And, you know, it's, it takes too much time. If you're dealing with that same problem, everyone else is dealing with it. Now, you coming in, you've moved into this new location. If you have, let's say, if you've saved up enough money, it's a good opportunity to simply open up a grocery store because now, if, if in general, you know, no one wants to travel 10 to 15 minutes to get, you know, a loaf of bread or some salt, butter, whatever ba basic staples, staple items. So by opening up a grocery store in these different kind of locations, what happens is that you basically 
cornered the market, which maybe that's what the term grocery store actually means. But you've cornered, you know, that little small market for those kind of items. Now, if you look at how, how do you start up a grocery store, one, you need to be able to, one, find a good location. Now, once you have your location, which if you spent, as, as if you remember what I said from the last episode, if you spend some time in this in your new country, whether it's Kenya, Nigeria, Ghana, South Africa, wherever you've decided to relocate to, you should have an idea on what are the needs. Now, if you've seen the location, where where will be the best place to start up a corner store or a grocery store? So you start up and you find out a good a good place, good rent, reasonable rent. Now, next you need to find your supply chain. Where are you going to buy your your products? You know, where are you going to get your supplies from? In most cases, a lot of countries they have a, a main port. In Kenya, it's Mombasa. In uh, Nigeria, it's Lagos. South Africa actually has a, a few, whether it's Durban or Cape Town, depending on what you're shipping in and out. Uh, Ghana, you know, Ghana has uh, Accra. So a lot of them, they have these these hubs where a lot of products are imported. So there, you can go there and buy a lot of your basic food items that you can then resell into your store. And because you're buying it on wholesale, you know, you're dealing with an uh, economy of scale in that you're buying, uh, you know, 100, 100 kilos, 100 kg of rice. You might be buying 500 loaves of bread to put into your store because what you're doing is that more than likely your store is going to be in a location in which, you know, the average person there, no one is, you know, going to buy even 10 loaves of bread, you know, for, you know, for their house. So, you know, they're not going to travel all the way into the city just to buy, you know, a bunch of bread. They'll go buy it to you. They'll go buy it from you at your store, you know, which you've already marked it up. You've made your profit margin. This is how the average grocery store survives. It's the same way in any part of the world, whether it's in, you know, Philly or, you know, D.C., New York. So what you're doing is basically you're emulating that same model, which Basically, you you're able to provide that service and that need, and to make yourself become self-sufficient. Because grocery store, it's based on the premise of people need something to eat. They go to the store, they buy something. You are moving into this this location with excess capital, presumably, if you, uh, assuming you plan properly. And groceries, if you look at it. Most grocery stores that provide good quality prices, good services, clean, efficient, you know, they, they rarely go out of business simply because, you know, it's a, it becomes a, a part of the community. And it becomes a part of the community in that the people, you become friendly with the people, you have different networks, different associations, and you're able to, to be self-sustainable. So you can be that American who owns a, a grocery store in Kumasi, Ghana, or you can be that American who owns a grocery store, you know, in, in Rwanda, in a small village in Rwanda, and people come to you, you have good prices, and it's, it, it'll be like a lot of even, even little things that help you to get by, such as, you know, providing credit to people, because a lot of times, you know, when you're dealing in different parts of Africa, 
you know, people have money problems. So they might they might need uh, some milk, but they can't pay for it until the end of the week. You know, you look out for them and things like that go very far. So, you know, I, I, I decided to present that option because it's something that's basic enough that anyone can start. You know, if you want to come into Africa and start up a small business, that's a good option. That is a it's, it's, a, it's a very good option. And right there, we'll, we can tie that into other types of small businesses, not grocery store, but, you know, even just a small trade business in which, you know, as we mentioned last week with importing and exporting, you know, you can always do something small. And this is a grocery store. You know, other people might decide to open up a small restaurant. Uh, other people might decide to purchase a few taxis, you know, and just, you know, rent them out. Or you can have people who drive your taxis or in Kenya, they call them a taxi, like small minivans. These are the small type of businesses that you can come into these different locations, start with low capital, but there's a lot of, it generates a good enough revenue so that you can get by month to month, but also save up money. The, the, the overhead is pretty low, pretty reasonable. And it's something I think that anyone should consider, you know, if you don't want to get into something, into something very sophisticated. Welcome back to Kicking in Kenya. Now, the next part we're going to talk about is business planning and the idea of offering financial services. In a sense, if you have a, a background in financial services or business planning, then Africa is a great market for you to come in and offer your services. Now, obviously, you can probably find a job in different locations, whether it's in a banking sector or even with some of the larger uh, accounting firms, because really, uh, McKenzie, Deloitte, a lot of those companies, they do have offices in Africa. However, from a business perspective, you also can add value by helping companies to have better financial planning. Now, the African economy has really changed a lot in the last few years, whereas now, if you're looking to open up a business, a lot of banks or financiers, they want to see a business plan. They want to see financial modeling. And a lot of the businesses, similar to anywhere in the world, they don't really have a clear idea on how to develop, you know, how to develop a good business plan or how to do, uh, you know, financial statements, uh, uh, cash flow summaries, things like that. So if you have that background and experience, you can really offer those services to different companies. Now, also, what you'll find is that if you meet the right people, you might even be able to set up a partnership in which you facilitate investment for different companies because a lot of companies in Africa, the only thing that's limiting them in terms of expansion is financing. So if you have a background in finance and business, you can combine that with your expertise or with your knowledge and connections on the ground in Africa and help to bridge the gap. It's a great sector for a lot of people who have that background and you know they're looking for high growth markets. Because one of the things you'll find in Africa is that it's it's considered to be one of the one of the best places in the world for returns. 
a lot of people like to, a lot of people, some people, not a lot, but let's say some people still think, oh, well, you know, Africa, I don't know about doing business there. I see a lot of bad things on TV. But you know what? Everyone in the world, everyone in the world is in Africa, whether it's the, uh, the U.S., China, Europe, India, Turkey, all these major a lot of these major companies and entities are in Africa doing business. So when you hear people talk about, well, they don't want to do business in Africa, then that's someone who probably is very limited in their scope. Now, within that within that same frame, you know, there there is a lot of work that needs to be done in Africa in terms of, you know, really providing quality services uh, in the in the business sector. So when we look at business planning, if you have a background in which, let's say, let's say you help companies put together business plans to to get more financing or you help to write grants or proposals, then your background there can be really key to helping companies in Africa, whether you do it as a consultant or whether you set up your own firm and, you know, you help to do the due diligence for these kind of companies it's a really good opportunity that you might want to consider. Now, also, before we talked about things like grocery stores or even other small businesses, like whether it's a school, all of these require financial planning. And when you come into Africa, what you'll find is that there will be people, there will be companies who have, who have these ideas, but maybe they don't have that formal business background to help put it all together. You come in, you set up your business of financial consulting and you help bridge the gap. Now, the one thing you do want to keep in mind is that uh, Africa, you know, obviously the the payment is it's not going to be as high as, as it was uh, maybe in the U.S. or U.K., wherever you're coming from. So it is price sensitive. However, what you want to make sure you do is make sure your pricing is Make sure it's, let's say, um, you don't want to be cheap because you have bills to pay, but make sure that it's within the price range of your your customer base. Because what will happen is this. You'll, you'll develop a small but loyal customer base. You'll provide really good work. And you're starting off in Nairobi. Next thing you know, you get a call from Kigali, Rwanda. Then people in Kampala, Uganda are hearing about, hearing about you. Then next thing you know, you're flying to Ethiopia to do some consulting for some groups there. Then you get a call from Johannesburg. And you know what? People are hearing about this great, you know, American financial services provider who is doing a lot of good things in different parts of Africa. That's how it spreads. Don't try to get everything in one go as a financial planner or offering business advice. Make sure you're looking at the long term. That's what you want to do. You want to make sure that you're coming in and you're realistic, but you're not setting yourself up to really be, let's say, you're not, you're not setting yourself up in a sense that you are charging too much for even for people who have the money, you know, because they're just not used to paying a lot for different kinds of services. So make sure that the business services that you're offering, whether it's consulting and finance sector, consulting as banking, or just business planning, you know, make be sure that you're offering quality services, but also prices that are, let's say, relevant to the local experience. 
Kicking it in Kenya, and if you like that interlude beat, that's actually done by my cousin, uh, A.T. King, out of Toledo, Ohio, and you can find him at Alloy uh, Graphic and Design with his company there in Toledo. So give him a play if you you know if you want those type of interludes. Welcome back to Kicking It in Kenya, and right now we're going to discuss the IT and data. Now. Africa is considered to be the new frontier in the IT and data world. This is because one, the co- the continent has a population. It has an estimated population of about one two point billion. But more importantly, sixty percent of that population is under the age of forty. Thus, what you find is you find a lot of companies who are looking at Africa as the next location to bring in their technology, whether it's Netflix, Facebook. Google, Apple, a lot of these large tech companies are looking at this new demographic as the next frontier to essentially set their place so that 40, 50, 60, 70 years from now, they'll have a a share of the market. Now, what's also happening is that at the micro level, you have a lot of small tech companies that are also sprouting up all across Africa. And what this leads to, it leads to an opportunity for whether you're coming from America, whether you're coming from the UK, or wherever you're coming from, it leads to an opportunity in which it's essentially a, a really good niche market for you to set your, your technology. If you have an app, you have some new technology that, that can really that's really innovative, but maybe you're finding a difficult time to, to break into the market. Africa is the place where you can really find, find a, a niche market you can find a, a demographic that can that can take hold of your technology. Now, one of the things we're looking at in Africa also is that a lot of venture capital firms are looking at Africa as a place that has really high returns. So in a sense, if you have a really good technology, whether it's an app or whether even if you've invented something, you've invented some form of technology, whether it's you know, I've seen companies who have water purification technology, all kind, all types of different ideas. And Africa offers that place for you to bring your technology to come in and essentially, you know, make make a good good deal of money. But also at the same time, you can help a lot of people. Now, one of the things that we also want to focus on in this segment is what we see as adding value. One of the key points of whether it's any kind of technology is that it adds value to the location. So what 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 you want to do is if you have a new technology and you feel as if this can help the world, you know, this is something that 
has some real use, you might want to try to see if it's implement can see if it can be implemented in Kenya or Nigeria. And now, as I said before, you want to do your homework. You want to do some research to see is this location good, because if you have a good technology but it's not applicable, then you know doesn't really make a lot of sense. But one of the things you'll find is that. Africa also has had such a widespread population from all manners of life, from, you know, from essentially, you know, people who are quite poor to people who are quite wealthy. And there are millions of people across from living in farm areas, rural areas to the cities. What you'll find is that it's a market that can really absorb a lot of different kinds of technology. Now, I'll give you an example of a really good technology that I've seen come out of Africa uh, in the last few years, which is M-Pesa. M-Pesa, basically, it's a, it's a mobile wallet in which you can go and pay for goods with your phone. And you, you basically put, uh, you put money into your phone and you make basic transactions. And M-Pesa started off probably about 10, 12 years ago, really as just a, a basic a program that you can have on your phone, but it took off so so much that now every small business, every even middle to big business has a has a way to use M-Pesa, and that's an example of how a really good technology has taken off. And then M-Pesa was bought bought by Safaricom, which is the largest uh, mobile provider in Kenya. So that's just an example of the type of opportunities that you want to look at when you're coming into African IT sector. Now, when we look at data, data helps to verify the, it helps to verify and validate the numbers that, that help to provide access to venture capital. It helps to provide information to whether it's farmers, uh, whether it's fishermen. And what they do is they look to see where are the numbers, where, where can I sell my produce at for the highest rate? And not just by hearsay, not just by, you know, rumors or innuendo. No, when you're, if you have an app, if you have some way to collect the data, then you help to also provide access to information for people to make better business decisions, whether it's people on the ground in Kenya or whether it's people in California who are looking to invest in the coffee market in, in Tanzania. Data helps to close that gap so that it's a better decision-making process. So here, we just want to say that IT, it's a great field to come into Africa. And really, what it comes down to is that if you have an idea, if you have an app, if you have a background in the IT sector or data sector, then you want to look at Africa as the place where you can really make your mark and essentially you know, set your business up for for today and for the future. Welcome back to Kicking in Kenya. And the final section we want to talk about is real estate. Real estate market in Kenya, or let's say Africa in general, it's a really high growth market because of the growing middle class. As I mentioned before, Africa has a population of about 1.2 billion. And within that, there's a really heavy housing demand. As an example, in Kenya, you know, there's a, a demand of something about 30,000 uh, housing units per year. And, you know, because of the growing population, each place in Africa with high growth rates also have a demand for housing. What this leads to is it leads to a demand for investors who want to come in, 
build housing, and then turn around and sell it. So what you so if you're an investor or even if you're someone who you don't consider yourself an investor but you're familiar with the with the real estate market, then it's an opportunity for you to come to Africa. Maybe you build a house, then you go back, you make sure you have a caretaker for the house, but you go back home and then you can collect rent on that up on that house until you decide to move back to move to Africa. So in a sense, it becomes an investment opportunity for now, but also in the future, if you ever decide that you want to live in Africa full time. Now, within that scope, you want to take you want to take advantage of the different opportunities that they provide for for lending. So as an example, in a lot of different African countries, they allow for people to use their outside income to purchase homes in Africa. So if you're working in, uh, let's say, Dubai, or if you're working in, in the U.S. and you have your, your bank receipts and you have, let's say, a six to 12 month bank statement, you can presumably buy property in different parts of Africa, showing the bank your statements that you have a job or you have a form of income and you'll be making regular payments. So from there, you'll be making the payments to purchase your home over a length of time. Now, within that scope, if your idea is to, is to then turn that property around and build it up into an apartment or even to maybe build it into a, a, a better standard house so that you can turn around and sell it, then that's totally uh, a great business opportunity. So it's something that you might want to consider for people who maybe you don't want to get into something too sophisticated, or maybe you just you're familiar with real estate. Real estate is really simple. It's the same. You buy, you turn on, you turn around, sell it when it's uh, the market is high. Now within that, you also want to have uh, do a background check on which African countries allow for foreigners to own land because some countries they allow foreigners to own property but other countries don't so as an example in Kenya a foreigner can own property uh, with some with some small caveats as it relates to the size and also there are different issues related to farmland however Tanzania does not allow foreigners to own property so that's just an East African example. Uh, different parts of West Africa, they allow foreigners, uh, let's say Ghana, I believe, allows foreigners to own property. And different places have their different rules. So just do that background check to make sure that, you know, you're buying property legally. Now, the other thing is that you want to make sure that if you're planning to buy property in Africa, make sure you have a title deed. I don't care what offer the person makes. Do not buy any property without a title deed. I've seen situations in which people, even Africans in different countries, in which they buy a piece of property for a good deal, and then they build a home five, 10 years, five, 10, even 15 years down the line, the original property owner, or even that person who sold you the property, you know, they show up and say, oh, this is my land and here's a title deed. Then you have a problem. You have to go to court and you have to prove that you purchased this you know, property legally. And in most cases, you'll lose because you purchased, you gave someone money to live on a piece of land, but you did not have a title deed, which means you have no no legal recourse to, to, say, to say that it's your home or that it's your property. So keep that in mind. Another thing about buying property in Africa is that you want to be mindful of the prices and 
because it's an example, in some cities, the, the real estate prices can be really high. I mean, like ridiculously high. So you want to make sure that you don't overpay. Usually just outside the city, uh, real estate prices for to buy land are generally much cheaper. However, where it's much cheaper, uh, there are very few services. So you might can probably pay $2,000 for an acre of land uh, in some places, but you'll end up living in an area with very few very few resources, no schools for your kids, things like that, poor roads. So you want to make sure you have that balance between paying a reasonable price, but also making sure that um, you're not giving away everything just to live you know, in Africa. So keep that in mind. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Kicking It in Kenya. So now the next part that we are going to discuss here is what are the five top countries that someone should consider when moving to Africa? So we'll give a short preview and breakdown on these countries. So country number one, uh, I'm actually going to start off with Ghana. Ghana, great place, wonderful people, good economic opportunities. Now, if we look at Ghana from a historical perspective, Ghana has been considered to be a uh, it's considered to be a kind of, I don't know if you can say, a nostalgic home for Black Americans. Or, you know, there's a lot of sentimental value with Ghana. One, because of its role in facilitating, uh, I guess you could say, Black diaspora people who visited there for, for decades. Uh, Kwame Nkrumah, the first president of Ghana who attended uh, HBCU back in the States. And also... <clears throat> Also, if we look at Ghana from Marcus Garvey's connection of the Black Star Line to Ghana, taking that as their flag, you know, Ghana has always had a, a special place in the hearts of many Black Americans. And to that degree, a good number of Black Americans have relo relocated to Ghana and have lived there quite comfortably. So if we look at Ghana as the uh, initial place, it's a good place. It's a good location for people to consider and to, you know, relocate to as a home. Once again, you have to also plan, you know, do not go to Ghana or to any of these other countries that we're going to list and mention simply on sentimental value. You know, do not go there and expect that, oh, everyone, they're going to treat me as, you know, their long lost brother or their long lost sister or relative. Probably not. Anyone who does, you know, treat you like that and, you know, you don't know them, they might be trying to hustle. And that's just being honest, you know, because, you know, people will be friendly, but, you know, that whole idea probably doesn't exist with 99% of the people you'll meet. They'll be very friendly and they'll, you know, see you as, uh, I guess you could say, some level of affinity because, you know, you're both black, but that only goes so far. So Ghana will be number one on the list. 